I invite you to remain standing in body or spirit as you are able, as we read from God's holy word today that comes to us from the prophet Micah. Some of these words may be very familiar, but I invite the Holy Spirit as we have just sung to come into this place and to speak these words, giving them new meaning for our lives today. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give the firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Please be seated. My name is Kathleen McMurray. I am one of the pastors on staff, and I want to echo the word of welcome that we have offered thus far this morning, whether you are worshiping with us in person or you are worshiping with us online. Thank you so much. We are so incredibly thankful to have you in worship this morning. We know that as we come into the space, we come with lots of different baggage. Some of us come overjoyed to be here on a Sunday morning, especially because it is so beautiful outside today after so many days of rain and clouds. But some of us come in bearing a lot of heavy stuff in our hearts and our minds and our souls. And so we want to remind you that wherever you join us today, in body and spirit and space, that you are welcome just as you are. Let us turn to God in prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. One of the television shows of my adolescent and into college years that I loved very dearly was the show Gilmore Girls. It is a story of a mother and daughter in a small town in New England and just goes through the adventures of small town life and their relationships with those around them. One day, Lorelai, the main character, walks into that small town diner she frequents every day, slams a newspaper on the diner counter and says, there is no good news. There is no good news everywhere, anywhere. Everything is bad news. She says, I am going to start a newspaper of my own, and I'm going to call it the Good News Daily. Nothing but good news every day. Puppies, how cute are they? Canada, not at war. Good news every single day. A car drives down the street without crashing. Awesome. There is this sense that the world in which we live is all bad news. That no matter where we turn, it is as if the world is a giant dumpster fire. So how as people of faith are we to approach this world filled with bad news? The word for gospel in scripture is the word that literally means good news. 
So how are we to live as people of good news in the midst of bad? What does the Lord require of us? The prophet Micah asks. The prophet Micah, like many prophets of ancient Israel, was writing to the Israelites in a time when there was a lot of bad news as well. When there was destruction, where they were at risk of being conquered by neighboring kingdoms. The temple was to be destroyed. The people were to be scattered from this land that they viewed as holy and theirs. And they were questioning their identity. They got this way and they got into this predicament because they, as people, had had bad news. They had failed to live into the commandments of God and God's yearnings for them. To live as people of justice and mercy. To live as people who cared for the poor. Who welcomed the immigrant. They had failed to be the people of God who lived righteously and so they were facing the consequences. And they were trying to figure out, as the people of God, how were they to get back on track? How were they to steer things in the right direction? What did the Lord require of them? And so Micah, like so many prophets, tells them that the Lord doesn't just require prayer, doesn't just require acts of offering, but God requires transformation of lives. You know, O oh mortal, what is necessary for good, to do justice, to love mercy, to walk humbly with your God. These statements are difficult to translate in Hebrew because they are commands that stem from nouns. We aren't just to think about justice, to pray for justice, we are to do justice. We aren't just to admire the mercy of God, we are to do mercy, to act with mercy. And we are to walk with humility with God. And as difficult as these words are and these concepts are to translate, they're even more difficult to fully understand and to fully engage with and act out as we seek to be people of the good news in the midst of the bad news of the world. When we think about justice, what comes to mind? Perhaps it is the Justice League, right? All of these superheroes, these good people fighting evil, conquering that which is bad, giving the bad people or the bad monsters what they deserve. Perhaps what comes to mind is the justice system, right? The means that we have in place in our country for punishing those who disobey laws, for keeping the law of the land intact. Perhaps what comes to mind is social justice, right? The fights of people throughout the centuries to live up to the promise of equality that happens for those founding fathers and mothers in the United States. 
Or perhaps what comes to mind when we think of justice is the goal of getting justice, which is sort of encompassed in all of these other ways of thinking. Getting justice, that is, those who have done wrong, getting what they deserve. But is that what God really means by justice? God is a God of justice. Scripture tells us this. Over and over, the people of God cry out for God to act with justice, for God to bring about equity and freedom for those people who find themselves enslaved like the Israelites in Egypt, for God to bring about justice from enemies, Freedom for enemies, for the enemies, those who have embarrassed or harmed the people Israel to be cut off and to be punished. We are told that God is the just judge, the justice who will execute justice, who will implement it, not only in this world, but in the world to come. Humans are not so much humans of justice. That's why humans throughout history have consistently called for God to try and execute justice. Because life isn't just, life isn't fair. When I was little, that was one of my favorite phrases to throw at my parents. Life isn't fair. I said that when I was mad and I needed something to pout about. And I would go to my parents with my arms crossed, angry about having to do chores when some of my other friends didn't have to do chores. And I would say, life isn't fair. And they would say, you're right, life isn't fair. And then I would say, well, it isn't fair that life isn't fair. Stomping my foot in anger. And I didn't realize then how true that statement that they gave me was, that life wasn't fair. When I was in college, I had the opportunity to be a part of the Wesley Foundation at LSU in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, campus ministry that partnered with University United Methodist Church in reaching out not only to those within our college community, but also into the larger community to serve God and to serve and love our neighbors. We had a partnership, as we do at Pulaski Heights, with a local elementary school. And we would go and tutor once a week, as so many do generously here at Pulaski Heights today. We also had a group that met of all of the tutors once a month to process through what we were experiencing. It was a difficult thing going into this school where things were literally crumbling. The wallpaper, the walls seemed to be crumbling. The children that arrived often came without basic needs having been met. About 60% of the student population at this particular elementary school's families didn't speak English in the home. 
And so they had trouble navigating all that was necessary in order to get their kids food. For those little children struggling each and every day, life was not fair. I watched a movie recently called McFarland USA about a track team at a school in McFarland, Texas. They get a new coach and he begins to get to know the students, his expectations having to be shifted and altered because these students, unlike those at the previous school that he had served, struggled mightily in life and it made it really difficult to succeed in sports. The school, the high school there in McFarland, Texas, had been built right next to the prison because those kids were probably gonna end up in the prison anyway. Life wasn't fair for those kids. Life isn't fair. Life isn't just for so many that find themselves victims of human prejudice or apathy or ignorance or hate. Life is certainly not fair. And despite our best human efforts, laws and systems that we often attempt to keep or enact justice fall short. Because true justice, God's justice, isn't simply about fairness. It isn't simply about people getting what they deserve. Because if we're honest, if we were all to get what we deserve, it wouldn't be a pretty picture. God's justice is so much more. O mortal, Micah says, he has told you, O mortal, what is good. Those words in Hebrew, which was the original language of this text, would have called back to Micah's listeners another vision, another scripture. The word there for mortal is the same word used in Genesis for the first mortals that came upon the earth. The word there for good is the word tov, which was used in Genesis after God creates mortals, creates this good creation with people made in the image of God with the flourishing of all that is right and good from God's own heart. You've heard, O mortal, what is good. That creation that existed so long ago, the flourishing of all creatures and of the earth. Humans being made in the image of God, bearing the image of God into the world. That is the way that we were created to be. And so our breakdown as human beings is that we have failed to remember that. 
You know, O mortal, what is good, Micah says. But we have failed at that. We have failed in the goodness of God, failed in God's fairness and justice because we have failed to see people in the image of God. We have failed to see God's vision, which is the restoration of that goodness from so long ago. That restoration is the goal of all of this. Our actions seeking to enact good news in a bad news world has to be, must be, restoration. The flourishing of that creation that God intended so long ago. The call then for us to do justice is not to enact punishment or to give people their just desserts, but to restore and to make whole that which is broken within the fabric of humanity. On September 18, 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. delivered a eulogy in Birmingham, Alabama. Two days before, on a quiet Sunday morning, a bomb had exploded in the back stairwell of the 16th Street Baptist Church, killing four little African-American girls and wounding another 20. In his seven-minute address, Dr. King offered words of comfort and challenge to those whose hearts were breaking from the injustice and the grief that surrounded them. We must not become bitter, King said, nor must we harbor the desire to retaliate with violence. Somehow we must believe that the most misguided among us can learn to respect the dignity and worth of all humans. But that's difficult to believe in restoration in the midst of so much bad, to believe in a different way than the Justice League in conquering evil with swift means of punishment. It's really difficult to think of justice in those terms because when we are harmed, when we are victims of something terrible, we want God to come swiftly to execute vengeance on those perpetrators of trauma, to set things right. We may even desire to take the reins and seek revenge ourselves. After all, we have ideas of how people can get what they deserve. But the tables are turned when we are the ones that have wronged or hurt others. Whether it is intentionally or unintentionally, or through our inaction or silence, in those instances, we want the grace of God and the mercy of God to fall abundantly. Micah here instructs us to do justice, yes, and to love mercy, to walk humbly with God. With God. The good news in the midst of the bad 
The good news in the midst of our sin, the good news in the midst of our brokenness when we wonder if restoration will ever be possible is that we are doing this work with God. The work of justice, of advocating for freedom and equity, working towards restoration and redemption with mercy and humility. When the world seems to be crumbling around us like those walls at that elementary school of university, injustice systems that are anything but just, in a land of freedom where not all people feel free, the good news for us is as it was for the ancient Israelites, that God is working towards something greater that God is working towards restoration and redemption and goodness for those of us, all of us, made in that beloved image. Sarah Bessie, author and Christian teacher, says that wherever there is injustice or oppression, anything less than God's intended purposes from the dawn of creation, our God has always set his people on the trajectory of redemption. So while it seems that we may, we may be in a trajectory of bad news, of violence, of destruction, of hate, of shame, where there seems to be no good news and no good way out, we hold the best of all good news. That through God, in Jesus Christ, there is a different way. When I was a little girl, really little, I was having some insecurities at school, in kindergarten. I was struggling with the fact that I didn't have as nice clothes as a lot of my classmates. I wasn't as popular as a lot of my classmates. I was just really struggling to feel acceptance and to feel love. I felt insecure and inconsequential. And one of these girls in my class, whom I considered a friend, kept on, kept on flouting what I thought was her wealth, her popularity, and it really hurt. And so one day, as I was over at her house, I saw a ring that she had been showing around school, that she had been using as a means of exposing her popularity. And I stole the ring. When my parents discovered this, they didn't just punish me, ground me, and give the ring back to her parents. No, instead, they made me go over give the ring to her, express myself, and apologize. I felt so embarrassed, I would have much rather just taken a grounding and never have to see her again. But the goal wasn't just that I learned a lesson not to steal, but that the fractured relationship that was at the root contained my jealousy and anger and hurt. The goal was for that relationship to be healed. Now, it might seem silly or simply inapplicable to the bigger picture of what goes on in the world, where hurt and trauma go much deeper than a plastic ring. 
But our call towards reconciliation and restoration, wholeness of relationships and that which is broken is the same. With what shall we come before the Lord? How shall we face God when life is unfair and we are hurting and anger and frustration run deep? We remember the goal. We remember the goodness. Remember, O mortal, what God has told you. Remember to seek the image of God, even if it is scarred and fractured in the faces of every other person we encounter. And with God, with all of God's grace and goodness, seek to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly. And the good news, in the midst of the bad, is that with God's help, we are on a trajectory to make things right. That goodness can be restored, and we can be a part of it. Let us pray. Oh God, in a world where everything seems to be so wrong, where bad news seems to be all that we experience, where equity and justice and freedom seem to be sometimes hard to come by. We pray today, oh God, that your goodness will surround us and empower us to do your work of justice paired with mercy. That you will walk with us in our efforts towards that trajectory of restoration and redemption that you have for this world and all of your creation. That we can know that we who are made in your image bear it into the world as we walk with you towards that trajectory. Help us, O oh God, to see your image born in every one we encounter. And help us to be a part of your work of transforming relationships, our community, and our world into the goodness of you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.